Welcome to Red Hot Mindset. I'm so glad you are joining me today. We are back today with another 2020 Boston Mother Runner series, and I'm just loving hearing these stories. I hope you're enjoying them too. I'd love to hear. I'd love to hear what you're getting out of them and out of the interviews. Are you loving the struggle victory stories as much as I am? Today's Mother Runner doesn't know how to quit, and that's a good thing. Because years of resilience and determination landed her with a bid to the 2020 Boston Marathon. And today, we get to hear all about her journey to get there. It took about six years, 28 marathons, and a couple major setbacks to do it, but she did. And the best part of the experience is that she gets to set the example for her kids on how to persevere. Shannon White lives in Big Lake, Minnesota with her husband of 20 years and their four girls ages 15, 13, 11, and nine. Her girls are all involved with sports, including tennis, volleyball, basketball, soccer, softball, track, and gymnastics. So they understand a busy schedule. They also have 12 chickens, a dog, and two kittens. Shannon works full-time as a CT tech on overnights at HCMC, a level one trauma center in Minneapolis, and also works as a casual employee at three other hospitals and a radiology outpatient center. She's been immersed in the hybrid learning with her girls and training for her 30th marathon, whenever that will happen. Are you ready? I can't wait for you to hear her story, so let's get chatting. Welcome to Red Hot Mindset. I'm your host, Gabe Cox, and through this podcast, I'm on a mission to help you step into the fire of refinement so God can mold and transform you into a woman ready to step into your calling and crush your goals His way. I do this by helping you overcome your mental barriers through a faith-based approach of building inner strength and resilience. Each episode, I will bring you thought process, productivity tips, and inspirational stories from everyday people, all so you can live intentionally and move forward confidently with the gifts God has given you. As a running enthusiast, I believe that life is one massive marathon and it's up to you to run your own race and to finish it well. Step into the fire with me because I know you will come out stronger. Hey, Shannon, thanks so much for joining me today. I'm really excited to dive into your story and for listeners to get to hear all the things about running and qualifying for Boston and the struggle victories in between. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Before we get going, I want listeners to kind of get to know a little bit about you. So would you mind just sharing a little bit about you, your family, where you're from, all those good things? Well, I uh, grew up in a small town in Minnesota. It's called Evansville. It's like a town of 500 people. Okay. Um, super, super small. And then went to college up in Moorhead in, at Concordia. And then my husband and I, we, uh, after we both got done with college, we moved to Big Lake, Minnesota. It's right in between St. Cloud and um, the city. So it worked out for both of our jobs and stuff. He was... Um, in St. Cloud, and then I was down in the city, so it worked out kind of in between. We've been here for 17 years now. It's a long time. Um, we have four girls. Um, my oldest will be 15 in November, a 13-year-old, 11-year-old, and a 9-year-old. Busy. They're all in sports right now. We have volleyball. We have tennis. We just got done with tennis, um, basketball, soccer, gymnastics. It's crazy busy. I work um, full-time overnights at HCMC. It's a level one trauma center in Minneapolis. And I have a bunch of casual jobs um, at another level one trauma center in Minneapolis, um, a St. Cloud hospital, and a couple other little smaller hospitals and clinics. So like we are crazy busy in my house. So you have got a lot going on. 
I have to tell you, two of my besties live in Big Lake. So oh, really? yeah, they love it. They're just like, it's my little small town and it's great. And it is. I like they live in the boonies. <laughs> So, it's anyway. so funny because when people say that they're from a small town and like Big Lake does feel small, but we have 10,000 and I'm like, small is where I grew up. Like I graduated with 23 kids in my class. I'm like, that's super small. So this is like a good happy in between, like not full on Minneapolis, but yeah, you know. yeah. that's, that is, that's perfect. It so, is and it's kind of nice if you work in Minneapolis, you work in the busy and then you can kind of go to a little bit smaller place and just exactly you know, exactly yeah we have three acres and we have a couple chi- we have 12 chickens and some kittens and a dog so we're just a happening place out here yeah that's awesome so when you say casual with other trauma centers is that like you're on call do you work a certain yes. amount of hours every week um the trauma center that the other hospital that I'm at down in the Minneapolis that's just so whenever they need me um if I'm available there's a smaller town town that has a hospital next to Big Lake, and that's I'm a point two status there. Okay. So um, I'm one point oh at, at Hennepin, and then I'm a, I work every third weekend there. So yeah, like working like crazy. Yeah. So you do you usually work more than forty hours? Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy, and and you know what? Uh, trauma centers they just don't stop. I'm sure. I'm sure it's kind of hard to be there, but definitely needed. So it's really cool that you're in there helping and, and you do your, your CT, uh, CT tech, CT tech. Okay. Very cool. So tell me, uh, how did you first get into running? When did that become a part of your life? Um, well, we were, um, I was going through x-ray school and one of my classmates and I were like, Oh, let's do, you know, like let's sign up for grandma's half marathon. Like this was at the beginning of the year. We're like, we'll do a little new year's challenge kind of thing. And I'm like, all right, game on. Like, why not add some more stress when we're going through school, you know, to add this on. But we did it the first uh, the first uh, night we went out. It was like a weeknight, and we were um, by the college there. And my classmate was like, she's like, let's just run down to the block and see how we do. So we ran. We got all bundled up, and we ran. And then uh, she's like, I stopped at the end of the block, and she's like, no, I meant, like, the next block. I'm like, oh, no, 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 like, I'm done, like, two, one, one block's enough, and she's like, no, 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 we just need to keep going, so we kept going, and then we just got further and further and further, and we just kept doing it, and here we are, and we um did the, there's a little Earth, Earth Day 5K that we did in prep for this grandma's half, and we ran that, and that was, like, that was my first race, and I'm like, I was kind of hooked after that, and then when we did grandma's, and then um, she ran up the lemon drop hill. Like, so that's what grandma's is known for is like the little lemon drop hill. And she ran it up it twice for me because she was waiting for me. And she's like, I will never do that again. <laughs> like during the race, like, just waiting for you? Yes. Oh my <laughs> so God. She was running a little ahead of me. And then I'm like, all right. And then so she's like, that's what a true friend is going up that hill twice. And this was only for the half too. So like we were both just dying. But like for some reason I got addicted and she's like, I think I'm done. <laughs> so I just kept running and she kind of fizzled out. And here we are. Like that was in 2002. So 18 years later. Wow. And you didn't start running marathons until 2012? 2012. My daughter was a year old. So Yeah. So, and was she your old? No, she's not your oldest. You're younger. Young. You're younger. Yeah. Than she was. Okay. Yeah. So, and you've run 29 marathons. Boston would have been your 30th, right? 
or what is, what is um, this year's May 9th? Like, the virtual. The, Bur the Brookings was in the virtual was like 29. So okay. yeah, okay, so I don't know if you count that like as two marathons or one. I don't know how that works. <laughs> I don't know, I'd count it. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, 29 and then 30 with a virtual then. Yeah. So wow. Wow. So 29 since 2012, that's only eight years, which means you probably average what three or four a year. Did you do like one a year and then a bunch one year? How did that play um, out? 2012, my sister and I did Twin Cities. Um, that was another little New Year's challenge kind of thing. We're like, let's, we both just had kids and our like, well, that Paisley would have been my last one. Mm -hmm. And then, um, her, she had her daughter and we're like, we need, we need to challenge ourselves and do something. Both of us love running. So we signed up and we did Twin Cities. So our babies were just a little over a year and, um, yeah, that was amazing. We had Twin Cities and then the last, um, the last mile going on summit and then just seeing that flag with the, the fire truck with the flag or the flags. And it was just, I started hyperventilating. I'm like, I can't believe I actually just ran a marathon. Like, this is amazing. Like, I can't believe I did it. And these guys would stop and they're like, are you okay? I'm like, I'm fine. This is fine. I'm just finishing my first marathon. And like, it was just such a surreal experience. Like knowing that you like committed yourself and you did this, like this, it was just amazing. And then, so like the feeling that we got from finishing that marathon was just amazing. So then like two weeks later, we signed up for Fargo and then we get to the train again and then went to Fargo and like, <laughs> instead of crying at the finish at like we did at Twin Cities, we cried at the start, like realizing like, oh gosh, this is like 26 miles we have to do this again for, <laughs> but we did it. I love it. <laughs> and then you just kind of got addicted and figured yeah, it out. Yeah. 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 That's so fun. So now you, you know, you have four forest jobs, you have four girls, you're, you do, you know, a lot of marathons in a year. So I want to know kind of what is your week like? What does your, what does your normal day look like? How do you get your training in? Oh, geez. Um, so what <laughs> this summer was like, far as far as like this year goes, we, um, um, I worked the overnights and then the kids didn't have school. So I would just meet up with some friends after work pretty much every day. And then we'd go for a run or we'd hit up the track and stuff. Um, and then I'd come home and sleep and then sleep probably from like, I don't know, 10 until three and then have supper and stuff with the kids and hang out with the kids or do something with the kids like right after I got done running and then go, come home and sleep. Um, my husband plays a big, huge role in all of this. Like he's been my lifesaver, like calling the kids to all the sports while I sleep or vice versa. The reason why I started working overnights is just to have a, um, more of a set schedule and then to be able to pick up whenever I could, um, at every other place. Um, just because my hours before were so off and I just missed the kids too much. And then like with training and stuff, I just needed to have a set schedule. So it's been working out good. I do my long runs um, Sunday mornings typically and then do like a workout Saturday and then um, a workout Tuesday and then just easy running the rest. So it's been super fun like the summer running. I know we weren't supposed to okay. <laughs> with social distancing, but you know, like and we were, we, we, always, we had, to, <laughs> I know like those girls have been my saving grace like all summer long with this, like with work, it's just been so crazy with, um, COVID and then with all the 
stuff going down in Minneapolis. So it's just a mental release, if nothing else. Like running has just been a game changer. Like we needed that just to like solve all the world's problems when we've been out running. So it's been crazy. Oh yeah. And that was one thing I was so thankful for. We had our running and I kind of did the same. I quarantined essentially with our neighbor. She's like one of my favorite uh, friends to run with and her younger boys are my youngest or her two boys are my youngest age. So, I mean, we just lived life together and did it. And I was like, well, we're quarantined together. It doesn't matter. So, but you kind (laughs) of need that. I think we needed support in that time. It was so just unknown and so like lonely, you know? So having that, those couple runner friends so needed. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So I know your, your daughters are all in sports too. So now that fall came and sports started up again and all that, what does your schedule look like now? Now, how do you do your training? So I still, I still do the same thing. They're all old enough to get on the bus themselves. So we go to school, we do the hybrid. So my girls go Thursdays and Fridays to school. Um, I still come home after work. I get done at seven in the morning, come home and then run. And then, um, I kind of take, and then I'll sleep for a little bit and then get the kids up. And now it's a little bit harder when they don't have school. We all have to bring them to their sports. So I'll, I've been lacking sleep for the last like two years working on these overnights. That's like the big, the big challenge for me is like lacking in sleep. But so Mondays, Tuesdays and Tuesdays and Wednesdays, I'll get up, I'll sleep for a couple hours and get up and then bring them to their sports and then come home and sleep for a little bit and then have dinner and supper and then go back to work. So it's just you do the best you can and like my kids take first priority so if there's a day that I'm like I can't run like I can't do it like my kids take the first steps but and I've been pretty lax about this like um I think that as the summer went on like my kids have like I've just been prioritizing my kids a little bit more than my running so like if they needed me to go somewhere I'm like all right you know like I'll still get my run in but it's not like I'll switch it up. If I have to do a workout that's going to be a little bit longer um, one day, like I'll switch that and do it a different day when I have more time. So it's I've been kind of more slacking on that, I guess, but you just prioritize, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. I think it's important for us to prioritize, you know, our kids do come first and it's cool. It's good for them to see us, training and doing something and staying healthy but it's also important for them to see that that won't get in the way it won't become like an idol in our life will be their their first priority or your family's first priority so I, I love that that's that's really great so I know your girls um are really active in sports do they do so gymnastics is year-round is one of your girls like a gymnastic a gymnast year-round or is it just kind of a maintenance kind of thing or is year round she does practices three um three times a week for three hours typically at a time so she's got practice on mondays tuesdays and thursdays during the week um and then they canceled all the meets up until they finally put some on the schedule now uh, in january and february so and it just we haven't been able to go in and watch them so that's just it'll be interesting when we actually can go see a meet because then we'll um I haven't seen her practice, so I don't know like all of her skills and like what she's been able to do all summer long and stuff. So, and only one person can uh, become watch her meet. So uh, I think we're gonna have some <laughs> fighting problems here. I'm like, Mama always wins. <laughs> I agree. 
I agree because so my older two boys are gymnasts, uh, competitive gymnasts too. So we're kind of we're still waiting to hear about meet season. We're like, I don't know what's going on, but uh, yeah. So, but I would be like, yep, nope, mom gets to go. <laughs> it's kind of one of those sports you just want to be there, you know? Right, right. Yeah. So, well, good. Well, what I when did the idea of qualifying for the Boston Marathon come into play? Was it pretty soon into your running? Was it you know a few years in? When was it? Um, the first marathon I finished Twin Cities was in 427. Um, and then I did Fargo and that was in 415. So I'm like, you know, I'm like, I keep progressing at this time. Like, I think it's, you know, I feel like I'm doing better and better, you know, each time, like, you you know, you get your one marathon under your belt because you really have no expectations for your first marathon. You just kind of want to finish. And like, I kept getting a little bit better. I'm like, well, you know, now I can, I'm going to try to get under four hours. And so, um, I did Fargo in 4.15, and then I did Twin Cities again, and that would have been in 2013, mm-hmm. and I just barely, I got 4.01, mm-hmm. um, so I'm like, I'm like, I'm still, you know, I'm still doing better and stuff, and um, then I signed up for the Nashville Marathon, and I totally went backwards on that one, that was, the weather was hot like I thought I was gonna die it was like 90 some degrees that year and it was oh it was horrible horrible so I'm like well all right like okay so then um I just like we'll see you know I'm just gonna blame that one on the weather and um then I did grandma's that year and I don't remember like I've done grandma's every year since 2014 except for this year but so I don't remember like what the weather was at but I finally finished in under three hours or four hours, sorry, <laughs> three hours. Um, so I did that in the three fifty-five, I think. So then, I'm like, oh, this is good. And then I signed up for um, the lottery for Chicago, and then the lottery for New York City, and I got into both of those. Oh wow! I'm like, what are the chances of me getting into both of those? But I did. So I'm like, they're three weeks apart. Like, game on. So I trained all summer for those um didn't have a coach it was just doing it on my own like the hell hidden training plan and I don't know that when I ran um with each of these marathons with that I've done I we've what we did is we took one of the girls on each of these racecations mm-hmm. so my husband and I took my second oldest to Chicago and then we took my oldest to New York and then um, my third to LA and then fourth to Phoenix. So we kind of broke it up just to have their own little separate, separate little trips and their one-on-one time with us. Cause they're always together. So it was kind of fun mm-hmm. separating them. But, um, so we went with my second oldest to Chicago and I hadn't done, haven't done a major marathon, but that was just such a surreal experience. Like it was overwhelming with the cheers and the crowd support and all that. And I just, I had a, uh, amazing race. And like, after that, I was like, this is awesome. Like, I think I can qualify for Boston after this. Cause I think I got down to like a three forty eight. So I'm like, wow. that's not far from, that's not far from qualifying. I'm like never in a million years did I think that I would be even fast enough to qualify, but I'm like, I kind of put a little spark in my, you know, like step. I'm like, I think I can do this. You know, like it was just the crowd support. I think there was the adrenaline rush from all those people just cheering. Like it just, it was overwhelming. So I'm like, I think I can do this. Like I think I can. So, um, I ran New York then three, three weeks later, didn't do obviously as good. Cause it's so close to, so close to each other. But, and then I had bronchitis and whatever, but 
um, ran that same same amazing experience. Like New York is to all of my marathons the number one so far for me. Like it's amazing. It was amazing, amazing experience. But um, then I thought, you know, like I think I can, you know, so I'm gonna start start to try to see if I can qualify. Um, then I signed up for Fargo. Fargo, I had like a weird a train piriformis thing. So I kind of set myself back. That one was, um, that one was back around four hours again. Um, then I did grandma's again, got back under, but still like, still wasn't having it. Like, I'm like, I'm doing something wrong. I don't know, but I just kept training and running and finally, um, uh, which, so what one is that? Um, I talked to some friends then, since I had such an awesome experience in um, Chicago then in 2014, I talked them into um, running, having a little rate, girls vacation in 2015 mm-hmm. with them and was hoping for that same experience, hoping those girls would have the same experience, like with all the crowd support and the adrenaline rush. And I finished not upright on that race. And that kind of, um, I don't know if it was the, we haven't quite figured out what happened, but my core temperature was, it was warmer that day, not like crazy like Nashville was, but it was in the low seventies, mid seventies. Um, I think I just overworked myself the weeks, like weeks prior going into it. Like I was working doubles and overtime and overnights and not sleeping. And I ended up, um, there's a little hill at the end of Chicago. Like you turn and then it's like, it's just mean. It's what it's just really mean. <laughs> how they do this this little hill at the end of mile 26 so you turn and go up this hill and then start going down into the finisher chute my calf started cramping up I'm like this is weird I'm like never cramped before and then I just blacked out I didn't like people came in there trying to hold me and carry me across the finish line and so my finisher line photos for uh that race was uh, a code person and like they had little MD and the cold person on their little vest or whatever and those were they were wheeling me across the finish line I had burn marks from my arm on the from hitting the um, wheelchair tire on my arm after that but they put me in the medical tent they soaked me in ice an ice bath for like 25 minutes before I even woke up my core temperature was 107.3 there it was just I had ended up going into the ER and they gave me four liters of fluids um so that kind of put a little damper on my like thinking I could qualify for boss. And they told me I went followed up with my doctor back here. Um, and he's like, don't run a marathon for a year. He's like, your body needs to like readjust. Like you've been working it way too hard. Like you just need to take a step back. Um, of course I didn't listen. <laughs> like I took a couple of weeks off and then back at it again. Um, started training then again for, Fargo and grandma's and then I ended up um tearing my quad like I tore some muscles in my quad and I'm like oh like this is just payback for me not listening to the doctors the first (laughs) time and then note to self whenever you go on um a marathon like with some friends and not your husband make sure you put whoever you're running with um on your emergency contacts so they were trying to call my husband back in Minnesota and we're in Chicago. Like there's, he's like, there's nothing I can do here. So like trying to, <laughs> it was just a, such a mess because the, my friends didn't know where I was and they didn't have access because to 
find out to see if I was even in the medical tent because I wasn't there were their names weren't on my my uh, emergency contact list so it got a little tricky so they had to figure out what hospital I was at and wow. it was interesting so um on that note but um I was out doing a training run this was in April uh, then the following after Chicago happened and I just I got a phone call from the school saying uh, one of my daughters was sick so I went to pick her up and I got out of the car and I couldn't walk oh my god like I just I couldn't walk. I couldn't lift my leg up. I had to physically put, pick my leg up with my arms to even get out of the car. And I'm like, this isn't right. Like it had been bothering me, but I'm like, ah, oh, you know, it's fine. You're a runner. You can run through all this stuff. Um, picked her up and I couldn't, I couldn't walk. I ended up going into um, the orthopedic surgeon and I had a, I had some tears in my, uh, from the MRI. And she's like, you can, if it shows up on an MRI, it's bad, Shannon. And I'm like, no, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. She's like, what are you training for? And she's I'm like, Fargo and grandma's. And she's like, you won't finish both. You can try, but she's like, you won't finish both. And I'm friends with this, with this orthopedic surgeon. So she knows how I am. And she's mm -hmm. like, you're not going to finish both. She goes, if you try to finish both, you're going to tear your quad up even more and you might never walk again. And that kind of put me into a little depressed the moment I sat out in my car and cried for a good half an hour after that I'm like you take like here's um a race in Chicago that was like the first race that I ever did that I felt like I could qualify for Boston and then the year after that it literally almost killed me like I had a come to Jesus moment mm -hmm. like sitting in the um ice tub at the marathon in the medical tent and I'm like this is like something I how is something I love so much just taking me down so then I'm like, then when the doctor said that I couldn't uh, run both marathons, I'm like, okay, you know, like, I'm like, it's not stopping me. I'm still going to do it. So I found uh, one of the Ys close enough to my house that had like a, a deeper pool than the one that I usually go to. I strapped on that little belt and I did some aqua jogging for like three months. I'm like, so I ended up um, dropping down to... Uh, just the 10k in Fargo ran that super slow I don't I wouldn't even say run it I pretty much walked it okay. and then I'm um, like no I'll, I'm still gonna do grandma's so I did grandma's I walked ran that one um and anyone who knows me knows that like how how um headstrong I am I guess if I'm going to do aqua jogging to train for these marathons because I absolutely cannot stand the water <laughs> like I'm out in there and I got that little ball wrapped around me and I'm like just going to town but I'm like this is how desperate I am like I'm got some sheer determination here um so uh, I did grandma's that year that was a super hot year so and I finished in like 446 so I was pretty proud of myself actually for even just finishing in that time because I think a lot of people went down that year I think what year was it that would have been 2016 yeah I um, oh horrible horrible so I'm like as everyone's like dying I'm like hey this is fine I'm just run, walk running I'm like I you know you know because <laughs> I'm one thing too but um and then it trained, so that went, I mean, I finished, so I was pretty happy with that, just even finishing with the with the quad tear that I had. Um, summer went along, I signed up for St. George. We ran St. George, and then um, I was so up, I thought I was doing better with my times. I thought I was, like, back on track, and I finished in 4.10, and that, that's 
that day was super hot too. And I, I think from when I collapsed in Chicago, I think having that heat stroke or I don't know, heat exhaustion or whatever I ended up having, I think with the heat and the humidity, like the um, St. George wasn't humid, but I think it just affected me more. Mm-hmm. So St. George was hot. It got hot. Um, I think my body just didn't like it. Like, so then I was just I super slow. Um, so then I was like on the way back, I was supposed to do the Twin Cities 10 mile um, the week after. And I was so mad at my time from St. George. I signed up, ended up signing up for the full marathon because I'm thinking I could do better a week later. I don't know what I was thinking. <laughs> it's a runner thing. So, yeah. yeah. So I signed up for, um, they wouldn't let me transfer bibs to the marathon from the 10 miles to the marathon. So I ended up paying full price then for the marathon and ran that. And of course then it went from like 90 degrees out in St. George to that year in Twin Cities, it was cold. So like a week difference from like 30 degrees to 90 degrees or whatever. But um, needless to say, that one didn't end well either. So I'm like, okay, something, you know, like I need to get a coach. Like I need to do something different because this is, this isn't working. I need to start being smarter about what I'm doing. Like if I'm going to put full on effort into all these races, I need to um, do something different. So I hired a coach um, and he's like, well, one of your major problems is you can't be doing four marathons a year. Like your body's not meant to be doing four marathons a year. I'm like, I'm fine. (laughs) (laughs) No, you're not going to do that. Um, so I started training with him. I did, what did I do? I did LA marathon and I did, um, and I've, um, I still did all the marathons cause I wanted to. And he's like, it's not a good idea, but I did them. Um, I did LA Lake Wobegon grandma's that year. And then I did Chicago again and then Madison in each race with him, I kept getting better and better. So I'm like, okay, like I see progression. Like, this is awesome. Like this is working, like whatever he's having me do, like this is working. But you know, I wasn't progressing like I thought that I should have been. So I'm like, I'm on my own then. So 2018, I went kind of on my own. I did uh, the Phoenix marathon and I did a 346. So that was even like, that was just like a minute away. Cause that was before they changed the qualifying time. See? And so I'm like, you know, I'm like, so, so close, so close, but I'm like, I'm just going to kind of go off of what my coach had told me before and just kind of do that. And of course, then I set myself backwards because I just wasn't listening to what he had told me. And I should have kept, I, I thought I could do it on my own. Um, so that year, then I ended up going backwards and then I'm like okay I gotta hire this guy back so I did what did I do um I did some marathons but they just didn't they just they I don't know if it was something like the weather or I just didn't do I didn't do as good as I thought so I hired him back on he's like at the end of the year I'm like he's like you have to promise me you won't do another marathon until May He's like, at least me, you have to give me some time to help you out here. And I'm like, okay, I promise. And it was so hard to like stick to my promise because I'm like, I'm like a chronic marathoner, mm-hmm. but it worked. I mean, he, uh, we, I did, um, Hartford and I did two back-to-back marathons in October of 2000. Oh, I've had my like little list here, um, 2018. And we did Hartford and then Vermont, like back-to-back and, okay. um, then 
that one was Saturday, one was Sunday, and that was an amazing experience. And then I'm like, but then I'm like, okay, I'm like, now's the time that I need to, I'll do these two races and I'm going to hold out till May to do another one. And, uh, I did, I worked all winter long and he trained me and mountains to beach came in May and I just started back at HCMC. I'd been working at the smaller hospital. Um, uh, it's just had allergies and I have a torn labrum in my hip. So just sitting like doing new training and stuff. And all day I was like, I'm just so nervous about this marathon. Like I just like, it's just been sitting too much and my hips bothering me and allergies. And so I'm like going into this race, like, I don't know, like, I don't know if I can do this. Like every other race I'm seeming like I've been failing at. And like, I just, my coach was like, he's like, you need to not have that attitude. Like your race is going to be done before it's even started. If you're having that, you know, like change, change your attitude. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, I can do it. I can do this. <laughs> we went out um, to California and did, I did that Monster beach. Um, my coach had called me the night before and he's like, okay. he's like, make sure you smile at every mile. Like you pass that mile marker, you start smiling, smile as big as you can. Like every single mile do that. I'm like, okay, you know, just giving me a little pep talk. I was out there with just my husband this time um, for our anniversary too. We're celebrating our anniversary. And um, I'm just like, I wasn't feeling all that great just going into it because it's just this been a long week with training and just, and I'm like, you know, like I have to have a better attitude. Like, um, and so I went into this with a lot more gratefulness this, and I'm like, you know, I am enough. Like I can do this. Like, every other race, it was just a big fear of failure. Cause I'm like, I usually crashed at mile 17 or like, it's just, you know, like in my eyes, like if I'm not going to make it, if I would rather lose out on a marathon by like five minutes for qualifying for Boston, than by like two seconds. So I think that had been my attitude. Like I just, just needing to change it. And so I went into this race and like, I'm going to, you know, trust that I can do this process better this time and not going to let anything get to me. And I'm like, I was wrote some stuff on my arms and smiled at every mile. And I was like, I got to mile like 18. I'm like, wow, I feel good. Cause I'm like, usually I start off way too hot. So then I was like the first couple of miles, I'm like, Ooh, this is, this is not good. Like this feels good. Like it shouldn't feel this good to me. Like I'm just waiting for that crash. And I'm like, still feeling good. I'm still feeling good. My husband's like meeting me at like every couple miles or wherever he can. And he's like, wow, you're doing, you're doing good. Like keep up, keep it going, keep it going. And then <laughs> one spot he was supposed to have my little goo gels and he's too busy talking to some other guy on the side of the road that he totally missed me. And I'm like, what's going on here? Like I need my gels. And he, <laughs> he's like, I didn't, wasn't expecting you to be um, coming up so hot still. <laughs> Because <laughs> I think he's so used to me like crashing and burning, but he's like, I'll get you at the next one. I'm like, okay. So kept going, kept going. And like, this was the first race. And I'm like, just the attitude that the, and the gratitude I had, like just smiling. And it was amazing. Like, I never crashed. I'm like, at the end, I just started picking people off. I'm like, I can get you. Like, I would just see them and just kind of reel them in. And it was amazing. And then I, I felt like I slowed down. Like, I was like, this is too good to be true, even at the end. But like I was coming around the end and um I looked at the time I'm like I think I'm gonna do this like I think I'm gonna do this and there it was like we finished and it felt amazing but then like I've been so used to like failing at all these marathons like is this even good enough I qualified and like I got two minutes and 50 seconds 55 seconds under 
but is that even good enough? So I think I even let, even qualifying, I still let that get in my head. Like, is this good enough? Am I even good enough for this? Mm -hmm. Um, So then you live like for the next three, well, from May to September to find out, is this even good enough? Like, did I do all this work? Am I good enough? You know, but my coach had called me then afterwards and he's like, you know, like he's, I'm like, I have no idea where that came from. And he's like, Shannon, you've been working your butt off for the, like the last six months. He's like, you got it in you. You just have to believe in yourself. He's like, I know that you could do it. I'm like, you know, like, and you hear that from everyone, like, oh, you can do this. You're good. But like, it just doesn't, for me, it just never sank in until like you, you can hear it from someone like, I believe in you and it works. It works. So here we are, like, been hoping that 2020 would not happen like this I'm sure like with everyone else so you know in this process I've spent five years well 2014 was when I actually thought I could do it so it's been six years of trying and not succeeding and finally being able to qualify and then all this goes down and it's like typical like this just feels like my life right now and I'm like I'm sure everyone else feels like that too but um yeah, so I uh, when they went to we were out actually in Punta Cana when they we got the announcement that they were um, the Boston was going to switch to uh, September. So I'm like, you know, like that's fine, totally fine. Like as long as I'm going to be able to run this, this is going to be great. Like we should, you know, that's fine. We can do this. Um, and then September came and then it went virtual. I'm like, oh, like. But I'm like, I just had a hard time. Like, I just don't see myself running 26 miles around my house in circles. So I'm like, I just got to find a different marathon to do and see if I can do like a little double, double whammy kind of thing and get another state too. Cause I was, I've been doing so many different states. I'm like, let's see okay. if I can get another state off on my little bucket list. So I had been looking at Brookings and then, um, so I signed up for Brookings um, they had limited it to like 150 people. So like, I'm pretty sure I knew it was going to happen just because South Dakota is a little bit more lax on their, uh, yeah. their um, guidelines and stuff. Um, so then signed up for that, but the summer I hurt my quad again. Um, so I just did a lot of cross training and, uh, my little running buddies are so awesome. They're biking along with me and we're all just having a grand old time. And I didn't realize it. I didn't think at the time, like that, the biking would help as much too in the cross training it helped a lot more than I thought it did but I hadn't run anything more than 16 miles before this marathon so I'm like I just had no idea what I was getting into like not um running more than 16 because usually I work myself up to 22 miles or mm-hmm. you know, do a couple 18s or 20 in there a couple 20s um so yeah like we they, all those girls all summer long biked and ran and did whatever with me. And it was awesome to have them just as a sport team. Um, and then, so I really had no expectations going into Brookings because I'm like, this is the first time that I hadn't been able to like peak or do anything like that. But my coach was, he's like, you know, he's like, I, he's like, you should be able to finish this pretty easily. Like even with your biking, like you bike for miles and miles and miles. So just having that time, like you have so much time from you know under your feet anyways just from the years of running so I just ran and just took it easy so it was kind of disappointing just being actually in the race setting like the one and only race that I got to do that I didn't have a good build-up for but so enough and um that day like 
um, one of the girls that I run with, she's like, do a gratitude for every mile. So on my arms, both of my arms, I had each mile, I had um, a for every mile. So I had uh, some little saying for each of my kids or whatever for uh, um, each mile. So I thought that, and then um, of course they all washed off because I washed off because I sweated, <laughs> sweated them all off. But I'm like trying to remember each mile. <laughs> Like, what did, what was I grateful for this smell? What was I grateful for this smell? And then the miles just, they just flew by. Like I kept thinking to her, like, even though we've been running all summer long and we, we try to do all things outside of running because like running isn't, isn't everything. It doesn't define you. So we're like, let's go golfing. So every Thursday night we had little golf nights. Um, so I just thought about those, like doing something different. So like that was, I think I ended up being grateful for our Thursday night golf league. <laughs> <laughs> um for like two or three of those miles and they just ticked off like it was amazing like just and then one of my other friends she's like you know you'd be surprised how how I think how better you're gonna do than you think you are so I just kept going and like the same with like Mount Sea Beach like I never had that crash like I usually do and I just kept going but I didn't go all out because I didn't know what to expect because I hadn't ran um for so long like the last marathon I did was um in Vegas with uh, my sister-in-law so it had been well since last November that I had actually ran a marathon for me so that's been a long time so it was interesting like but it felt great and then <laughs> my watch stopped at mile 25.49 and I was so mad I looked down and it was like oh like how am I gonna get credit for Boston and this marathon like I'm like good thing I did it like this because I'm like how do I explain this to you know, how do I put my time in for Boston if, if I would have been like not doing this for if I would have been doing a virtual and not an actual race. So I had to put, submit my time in for like with my finish time from from Brookings. Like that's how I got it. But I was like, that just sums it all up. My, my 25.49. It just dies. My watch just dies. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> like that's just how 2020 is going right now. But yeah, so. I finished that and that was my Boston. That's awesome. And I kept, yeah, I kept thinking like throughout, like, okay, like going around the corner, I'm like, is this what, what, um, what Boston would have been like, you know, like just trying to envision like different spots where I think that a certain spot in Boston would have been like, or, you know, if I started getting like slowing down, I'm like, would I have been slowing down in Boston? No, like just keep on the trucking and keep going and smile at every mile and <sighs> did it. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. It's cool that you got to find a race to do it with. So you could kind of make it a little bit more special. Do you feel like it was a little bit more special or meaningful for you being in an actual race or? Um, yes and no. Like I was excited because I was actually getting to race and have a race. Like it's not in the end, it's not about racing. It's because I love to run just because I love to run. So the rate, but having that excitement, the little butterflies and jitters before the race, it was nice having that again. Mm -hmm. Um, but then I saw like, and I fell myself into the comparison trap, like all the people that are like running their virtuals, like just around, you know, like with a bunch of people that would have, they would have gone to Boston with or stuff. And then I'm like, oh, like this would have been nice to do that too. But then like, and not having a race setting, like you just, that's determination too, like finishing 26 miles on your own. Like, so then I'm like, oh, did I jet myself out of a virtual experience that way too versus an actual race setting so 
I'm glad I did it the way I did. Um, but it still would have been nice to, you know, do the real thing, of course. But I don't know, like, I'm glad that I did it, though. Totally. So do you see yourself working toward Boston again to get there, to get to Boston and actually run it? I, I hope so. I don't know what's going to happen, like, with this next year, because I really don't foresee it happening and at least not until September, I, if if we're lucky. So yeah. I don't I don't know like how the race I I want to I'm um I signed up for grandmas, so I think they limited it this year to only four thousand runners. And I think wow. I don't know if they're hoping that um with a smaller amount they'll be able to pull it off. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, so that'll be my next race. I'm hoping you know like hoping that everything goes good with training and stuff throughout the winter wonderland here since you know there's <laughs> you got a lot of snow <laughs> <laughs> it's horrible I'm like this is a, like you know it just goes you know once again 2020 here we are with how many inches of snow in the middle of October already but um <laughs> yeah like it just kept coming and coming down I'm like oh this is not good <laughs> I have to laugh about it because my my best running friend came and visited us because we're from Minnesota but we moved in the middle of the shutdown to Colorado. So she came to see what, why I love Colorado and then like literally got home in the middle of the snowstorm. And I'm just like, ah, it's 40 degrees and I'm enjoying my run this morning. <laughs> a little jealous, a little jealous. <laughs> oh gosh. Yeah. No, I don't miss the cold there, but I, miss- I don't think it's going to get any better anytime soon. Like I looked ahead and like the snow is it's here to stay for a while. Like I think it's, I think it's here. <laughs> yeah. So it's winter running in October, which is not normal in Minnesota. No, no. So kind of changes the mindset right away where it's like, okay, training in winter. Am I going to change it up? Like, am I going to be running outside the whole time or I'm going to do some of the cross training and do some more strength, right. you know, changing it. So right. fast. Yeah. No. This episode is brought to you by my book, Mind Over Marathon, Overcoming Mental Barriers in the Race of Life. If you feel like you just need a mindset shift because you are going after a goal and need some direction and encouragement, this book is for you. It will help you to ignite a passion and purpose in your life, clarify your unique game plan, and build confidence in who you are. At the end of each chapter are a quick faith devotional, thought-provoking questions, and a practical application that you can implement immediately. This book is about discovering a dream and taking it from inception to a flourishing finish. Running is optional. You can snag two free chapters at www.redhotmindset.com slash mindovermarathon. Dream huge and remember, you are a winner, just run your race. So I have a couple of things I want to kind of break down a little bit in your training cycle. And one of the big things I want to know is, okay, 2015, you have that crazy Chicago marathon experience at the finish line. Um, did that, I mean, did it bother you at all? Like, did you, did, were there any mental blocks that came from it? Cause you, you seemed like you went right back into training and was just fine, but was there anything like sticking with you from that experience? You know, I, I honestly think, I think it was in the back of my head for every race. And I think that's kind of what put the mental block on in me. Like, I think that was like, this this running it almost killed me like it literally almost killed me and I think like 
I would get to a certain point in the race and realize like, am I, cause I didn't see it coming on. I didn't feel like I felt it coming on. Like I didn't, like I, I, when I look back on it, I stopped sweating, but it wasn't, I didn't think about it. Like, you know, like now I can think about it. Like, oh yeah, that was a sign. Um, but I didn't see it. So then I feared like, okay, am I going to get halfway? Like in these, this one that I did in Vermont, like it's in the middle of nowhere, the most gorgeous race ever. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, what happens if I, what happens if I go out? Like there's no one around me. Like, and I think that was in the back of my head for a lot of these races, like, and I don't think I realized it, but I think it was like, just something like, yeah, like this, you know, like this almost killed me. And my husband said, he's like, is it worth it, Shannon? Like, you know, like you could have been brain dead. Like most people, like if you weren't fit, if you, it's a good thing you were fit. Like Mm -hmm. if you weren't fit and had this 107.3 temperature, like most people would, would be brain dead. Like you'd be sitting in a nursing home and we'd be taking care of you. Like, it's like, what do you want for your kids? Like, do you want your a mom to be around or do you want to run? And I'm like, I want both. I want it all. <laughs> but um, so I think, you know, like taking a step back and realizing like, yeah, running, I think you have to have that kind of step back to realize that there are more important things than running. Um, but, and it doesn't define you, but yeah, like you got to remember your why too. Like, it's not about the races, you know, like we do it because we love it and enjoy it. But at what point do you have to be like, Hey, you know, like taking that step back because it's not worth it, you know, but so I struggled with that. I think for, you know, like for a couple months after, like when I did it, but I'm like, you know, I can't let that get to me. And like, I need to like, I need to keep going, you know, like it's perseverance, like just trying to keep your dream alive. Um, but yeah, it was in the back of my mind. And then especially when I had then the, the quad tear after that, like I'm just laying in bed and I can't lift, I can't lift my, I physically can't lift my leg up. Right. And I'm sitting in bed, laying in bed and like crying, like I can't move. And my husband's like, you have got to stop this. He's like, look at the, like the poor kids are like seeing you in so much pain. And I'm like, yeah, but they also need to know that you just can't give up on your dreams too. And I'm like, yeah, like I get that. But like, they're like, mom, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, so I see that. I hope that that I'm teaching them something too. You know, like you got to set your limits too. But like the, um, my daughter, this was her first year in tennis. She's like, but for like, I had, I don't know much about tennis. So this was a whole, this 2020 was like a, good year for um learning new things too but she's like when I didn't get that first over serve over I gave myself a little pep talk and then that second serve that went over I'm like good like I feel like I'm teaching them like you know keep you know keep trying keep doing your best and eventually things will come together and it'll all work out um the first gymnastics meet my daughter had last year she didn't medal in anything and she was so bummed out she's like I just She's like, this is just horrible. I'm just quitting. I'm not doing this again. I'm like, just keep trying. Like every day is, you know, you try your best, but it's best. Every, your best is different every day. So from then on, like all those meets, those, that sure determination on her face, it was just like, wow. Like I could see it in her eyes. She's like, I am not, not meddling this time around. She's like, I am going to do my best and I'm going to get there. And she did. She's like two of her, two of her, that meet, um, I flew out, we watched the Olympic trials 
And then we, I flew back home to watch her meet and she got first, she medal, ended up meddling in all of her events. And then in, um, she got first all around. So, um, determination there that kid has such determination is just crazy so I'm glad that I didn't miss that that was like a whirlwind weekend like flying out to Atlanta and then uh, coming back and watching me but yeah so like that's another thing just determination yeah I think that's good I think it's important for us to be an example for our kids and to kind of show them you can persevere if I can do it you can do it and we have to kind of give them permission to fail but permission exactly. to rise, right? To learn from that failure. And actually, I would say my oldest son, uh, both of them really, but they're competitive gymnasts too. There's something about gymnasts because they are, they have that, you have to have that commitment and determination. It's a really hard sport. But he's taught me so much about that because gymnasts fail more than they succeed. I mean, yep. they are 99% falling on the skills they're working on. You know, it takes a yep. long time to get those skills. And it's resilience. And so I think it's cool. You can feed off of each other. You can teach them, but yet they can teach you. And, uh, and then in that, you just don't quit. And um, you kind of rise above it. So now I want to know, too, you qualify for Boston. It's taken a while. It took six years of determination and some hard races. Um, what, what do you think was the biggest difference maker? Was it having a coach? Was it resting and not doing three or four races in a row? Like, what do you, what do you think it was? What, what mental blocks, like, did you have to eliminate? Um, it was a combination of everything. I think like having that coach, having him have the, um, faith in you. Um, I just turned it around. Like I was grateful, like, um, just being more grateful too. Like, like, thank you for letting me being able to run. Like, you know, like I, in the past, I'm like, this has been like just struggle after struggle. I'm like, you know, this is, I have to have a different attitude. Be grateful, like grateful for every mile, grateful for like the chance and the opportunity that I have, that I have two legs to run on. Um, it was, yeah. And then just have people believing in me and like believing in yourself. Like, this is something like, I think I can actually, I can actually do. There wasn't in the time in the training that actually like any like workout or anything that led me to believe like hey this is amazing like I can do it but like um I think it was just a good workout and yeah taking that time off in between was a good thing you know sometimes coaches are right <laughs> <laughs> sometimes it's good to listen to them I guess <laughs> yes um and just having that support system like my friends and family and my husband if I didn't have those like that's like you know crazy like you know my kids are such big supporters too like they're like oh if you're not out running you're like working and you know you're on that board you know like go mom go you know like you know and I can see you know some of it's like because they know that I've been wanting this goal for so long and um and they see that you know and I I like letting you know like that they're seeing me do this but then I also feel like like um I should be spending more time with them too, you know, but I think they realize, you know, once you set a goal, like keep going after it, you know, and so it was good. Like, I think the lead up was just good for it. Um, this round, I, I hadn't started working back overnights again, so I was getting more sleep. Um, I think that helped a lot. Mm -hmm. um, and just having a gratitude, more gratitude, being, being more grateful for the opportunities that I've had. 
Yeah. I love that. That's one thing. I mean, so I broke my ankle in 2018, right after I qualified for the Boston. Um, and it actually taught me, you know, it's some, your love can be taken away at any moment. So it's be grateful for what you have. Same with 2020, 2020 kind of taught this too. It was like, <laughs> things can be canceled just out of nowhere, right? Everything can be canceled. Life can be canceled, but to be grateful for what we still have and for just gratefulness and having that heart of gratitude, because it does, it automatically kind of keeps you positive. And I think it really does help you give fire under you to keep going, you know? And so I think that's so important. I think that's a huge tip. I love the idea of writing down a gratitude each mile, even if it sneers all over, <laughs> you know, and just, just really taking it in and just smiling every mile going, Hey, I get to do this. Most people would say you're torturing yourself to do it. But my, my husband always laughs. He's like, really? Why do you put yourself through that torture? I'm like, I don't know. I don't know why I put myself through it, but I love it. And I think runners, all runners can understand that. So now when it comes to 2020 Boston Marathon, this would have been your first Boston. Why would it have been such a victory run for you? I think just having that perseverance and finally having my dreams come true, um, like working so hard, working so hard to try to get to this and failing and then getting back up from that and just going at it again. Um, so yeah, like, and then just that race, the adrenaline rush from those major marathons, having those cheer crowds and just the over, like, just, I, I envision it like, just like it was in Berlin and Boston and Chicago. That's how I envision it. And, um, just having that too, like that feeling of like, Hey, like I'm actually good enough never in a million years coming from the small town Minnesota girl that I would ever think I'd be like Boston's like the Super Bowl of you know Super Bowls you know like it's just this is amazing to actually think that I've ever been good enough to make it with the big guys here you know like yeah so having that like feeling like yeah I am enough and I can do this and I can race with the best and I finally qualified like so that you know like I miss that that part of it, I think, but still knowing that I am enough and I still did it. I still qualified. Yeah. And your virtual live race <laughs> still qualified <laughs> as running Boston. It might not be the same experience, but you were still out there with all the runners doing it and, you know, being grateful that we got to do it. So I know that if you, you know, crossing our fingers for 2021, I definitely think you'll get there if 2021 doesn't happen. Um, but one thing I want you to leave listeners with, um, I'd love for you to just share what advice you would have for other mother runners who are trying to juggle their training and their work and their kids' schedules while still going after a goal, whether it's Boston Marathon or just a different goal. What advice would you give them? Don't give up. Um, eventually, having that perseverance, um, having perseverance will make your dreams become alive. They will, um, you have you can have everything just maybe not necessarily all at once. Mm -hmm. Um, it just takes time and commitment. Um, you, uh, yeah, like as long as you can see that your kids are learning from you, like even, even failing, just get back up again. Like, I think that's the biggest, I'm hoping that's one of the things that I've taught my kids is to persevere and just keep trying, like, don't give up. And one of the days, eventually all of the things, will, the stars will align and everything will come together. It may take a while, but they will, they'll eventually come together. And all the stars will be sparkling that day. <laughs> I love it. That is awesome. Well, I so appreciate hearing your story. 
you have such a struggle victory story. I love that you did not let 2015 Boston or not Boston, um, Chicago marathon define you and, um, change your love for running and that you just kept going and you persevered and you hit that goal. And I just think that's really special. And I know listeners will get a lot out of today. So thank you so much, Shannon, for being here with me. I've really had fun chatting. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Gratitude. Gratitude was one of the keys that turned Shannon's mindset around and helped her break those barriers that were holding her back. I think I may need to take that and do it next time. A smile and a gratitude every mile marker during the marathon. That's so cool, isn't it? Maybe you'll want to try it. She's a mama who knows a busy yet fulfilling schedule and she still makes time to do what she loves. She shares quite a bit about having a coach and why it is important to listen to him. I wanted to let you know if you're working toward a goal and in need of some support from a coach, I'd love to work with you. I take on a few clients at a time and I help you with your game plan and hold you accountable to get it done. I also help you work through some of the barriers that are getting in your way and help you shift those mindsets. If you're interested in finding out how you can work with me, head on over to www.redhotmindset.com forward slash contact to get more information and to connect with me there. I hope you enjoyed our conversation as much as I did. Until next time, I pray you just run your race. I believe in you. Thank you so much for joining me today. I had a great time and I hope you did too. Before we go though, make sure you subscribe to the podcast on your favorite listening platform if you haven't already. This will make sure you have access to all future episodes so you don't miss any of them. If you resonated with this episode, please consider leaving a review on iTunes or Spotify as reviews are an important part of growing this podcast. If you have any friends or family who you think would enjoy this podcast, be sure to take a screenshot and share it with them. And if you're not a part of the free Mindful Mamas online community, consider joining us. It's a community built to provide support, mindset, and encouragement as you develop your gifting, live intentionally, and go after your biggest goals, God's way. Head on over to www.redhotmindset.com to check out the show notes and find the link to join the community. I hope you step into the fire with me each and every episode because I know you will come out stronger. That's all for now. Talk with you real soon. Bye, winner.